Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. All right. Whoop-ba. Buckets. Whoop-ba. Kobe. Whoop-ba. Kobe, baby. Whoop-ba. Jordan. Welcome to The Crutches, your boy Ethan. And I'm Patrick. So, something that we need to do mm. as a, as as friends, as human. Can I tell you a, can I tell you a joke? <laughs> yeah, sure. How many how many beans are in a can of beans? Um, how many? Two thirty nine. One more, and it would be two farty. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. <laughs> So, um, I just, I just, I love, my favorite part about that is that someone was probably thinking about the word 40 and was like, if you say it weird, it sounds like farty. And then the joke was born. Indeed. Um, we need to have a separate podcast. You and I. You and me. Okay. Patrick and Ethan, Mm -hmm. where we read the Dune books. We will read mean tweets. Oh, (laughs) uh, oh, a different, Okay. And we'll then the in between, book. we'll take breaks with mean tweets. How does that? How does that sound? I would absolutely love that. For context, Patrick and I have been embarking on an intergalactic uh, mission <laughs> to to uh, gain desert power, to control the spice, um, and to uh, to recognize that fear is the mind killer, and to and overthrow it, our rival house, catching foxes. Draw. <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> now whenever now whenever i read and i no. see the baron i'm just gonna think of luke and gomer just say- <laughs> it's so rude because the baron harkonnen is grossly obese and they joke about being fat all the time patrick you did that my, you did my that have you have you you know the you know like the the spinoff books there's like the christopher tolkien version of dune like his son or something like wrote the spinoff books that like prequels yes. and so, yeah so yes. there's there's one there's one called the house of trades or however you say it yeah and um it starts off with the Baron Harkonnen, lean and muscular, to show oh. you right off the bat that it is way, way, way far in the past. <laughs> Yikes! That's funny. I uh, so if you don't know, so Patrick, I think we have we're in a real we're in pole position right now. Yes. Um, because the Dune movie is coming out in 2020. Wait, sorry, what? The I repeat, the Dune movie is coming out in 2020. Okay, so we have to read all of the books before 2020. Oh, I'll be way ahead by that point. But th- do you know who's directing the Dune movie? Uh, J.J. Abrams. No, George it's Lucas. Dennis. It's Dennis Villeneuve. I don't know how to say his last name, but he did Blade Runner 2049, oh. which was which was really really good. Okay, so this so, is obviously going to be good. I I have very high hopes. There was Dune. a Dune movie. It was a David Lynch film, 1984. Yeah, not as good. I haven't watched. Set, it. I'm sure it was. Had a really had a really good aesthetic, but not not the best adaptation. And I'm sure it I also think, didn't go over very well because the 1980s was when Star Wars came out. Right. Did so Star Wars it, come out in 84 or 83? It's uh, 77, buddy. Um, okay. Yeah, way off. <laughs> I know, but. So Dune was written and published before Star Wars came out. Dune was written in the 60s, right? Yes. And you got to imagine plucky young guy, space planet, full of sand. And Maybe there was a little things. bit of influence. So 
if things had if the cards had fallen a different way and Star Wars had never taken off the way that it did, Dune would be the the premier science fiction, you know, yeah, sort of series which would mean that our culture as a result would be way wackier and zanier because the books as they go on just get freaking insane like just <laughs> i cannot i'm on book four right now and i cannot it would take me half an hour to explain to you all of the nutty stuff that is going on in this book because <laughs> in order to explain like one nutty thing i have to explain five other nutty things it also it and also features familiar space tropes like a uh strange religion that can control minds a yeah. galactic imperial imperial force. It's almost a direct rip off. <laughs> it's not. It's the source material. No, that's right? what I'm saying. Is I'm saying George Lucas yeah. probably ripped so off Dune. It's let not. me let me tell you who some of the stars in this film. I just real quick. Um, Paul is going to be played by Timothy Chalamet, okay. um, who is in Lady Bird and Call Me by Your Name. Lady Jessica is going to be Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, who was in Mission Impossible and The Greatest Showman. She was the the red-haired lady in The Greatest Showman, oh. I think. Um, Duke Leto Atreides, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac. I do not know who that is. He plays Poe Dameron in Star Wars, the oh new trilogy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Gurney, so Gurney, Gurney Halleck is going to be Josh Brolin, a.k.a. Thanos. <laughs> Duncan Idaho is Jason Momoa. <laughs> They're just taking everyone from space and putting them in this movie. Exactly. Baron Harkonnen is Stellan Skarsgård, who is in uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay, I didn't see that movie. Peter Peter DeVries is David Dash Malchian, which uh, you would you would know this guy. He was in Prisoners. Did you ever see Prisoners? No, I didn't. He's he's like the perfect. He's kind of got that sort of thin face, like everything that you would want uh, Peter DeVries to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beast Rabin, the guy who is ruling over um, uh, Arrakis yeah. for Baron Harkonnen, Dave Bautista. <laughs> More space. Stilgar is Har- Javier Bardem, uh, a.k.a. the villain in Skyfall and the villain in No Country for Old Men is going to be Stilgar. Nice. And uh, Cheney is going to be Zendaya. <laughs> I am... That's Can so you, good. It's such a good cast. I, I love. So I love excited. when people just throw Zendaya into things. I love it when Zendaya is just in the mix. Like, <laughs> it's just so good. When we were talking last night, because uh, I went to see Captain Marvel, and obviously we saw a trailer for Zen for for Zendaya too. I mean Spider Man too, um, <laughs> Far From Home, which has Zendaya in it. And one of the guys that I was with was like, "Yeah, we met Zendaya at an airport in Tampa once," and I almost lost my mind. That's so cool. She absolutely, without a doubt. Since Emma Stone is a little bit older than me, Zendaya is probably the more likely, um, you know, woman that I end up with. You, so you, Emma Stone, or do you mean I, Emma Stone? Like, not you're not you're not trying to say like the other girl from Shake It Up, right? What's Shake It Up? Never mind. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm talking like Emma Stone, like my actor celebrity crush. Gotcha. Because you know Bella you know? Thorne and Emma Stone kind of look the same. Not the same. No, not they the look same. the same. Yes. They're pretty they're anyway. Pretty, anyway, anyway, if, the, if you're not interested, if you're interested in do, in our Dune fan cast, <laughs> check us out on patreoncom slash the crunch. We're, we're we, gonna we're just we're we're gonna break down Dune. We're, we're gonna, gonna go see it together. We're gonna meme. We're gonna meme Dune into the, <laughs> it's the, gonna be the public consciousness. And and you heard it here first, folks. Like when everyone's raving about Dune in three years because Star yep. Wars is old hat and Disney just can't can't get their act together. Yep. You you heard it here, folks. You heard it first, folks. You're gonna be the the new. Hipsters. You heard it. You heard it here, folks. First. You heard it here, folks. Folks. 
<laughs> we're gonna be like i was reading dune before it was cool which isn't true because it's literally a classic and it's been around since it the is. 1960s it it, so it, it, yeah it's it literally says on the cover of the first book, it says science fiction's masterpiece. It's yeah, like, it's, oh, <laughs> it's already it's already been renowned since before I was born. Great. Um, and, yeah, and read no, it now saw... so that read it now so that the movie doesn't ruin the way you picture this world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Will. Yeah. Speaking of uh, movies, I saw Captain Marvel yesterday. Okay. The verdict is in. Was it good? Oh man. I know. I know. I'm sure I'm sure Captain Boxes will have a lot to say about it, but I was it was it felt like a phase one movie right at the end of phase three, which just seemed Yeah very, I can very see out that. Because like cause I mean Spider Man was an origin story in like it, in the sense that yeah. it was in the sense that it was like his coming into the fold, right? Like his yeah. origin into the team as yeah. opposed to just like his background because we all know who Spider-Man is. I saw this tweet a while mm-hmm. back that was like, um, who's who's playing Batman now? Is it not Ben Affleck anymore? No, it's Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. He was like he was like this uh this Batman story is going to be like the early years. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh." I saw this tweet that was like, "Yes, we all know how Batman becomes Batman. Please stop telling us how Batman becomes Batman." That's how I felt with with Spider-Man. I've yeah. seen two Spider-Man origin stories literally in my lifetime. So I'm glad they didn't do yeah. another origin, but I know not too many people know who Captain Marvel is, mm-hmm. and I think what they were and also it, what I what sorry. I see what I see is like the the what might be happening is all the nostalgia that went, all the nostalgia factor that went into Guardians. Mm-hmm. I think they might be trying to put the hashtag '90s kids will know it, this. Oh, into, Patrick, it was a whole movie of the movie saying you remember when? Yeah, I haven't then, even seen the movie yet, and I oh, already knew that was what God. it was going to be. <laughs> Literally, the first time Tamagotchi. that Captain Tamagotchi the, everywhere. The first time that Captain Marvel comes to Earth, do you know where she lands? Um, a blockbuster. Full, oh my gosh! Oh yeah, yeah. A wait, block- I did. I did know that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the whole time, it's like they they are loading some important information off of a black box, and it takes forever to load like the CD, and it's like a <laughs> gag. And it's like, oh, it's loading. Ha ha. Like, oh, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember grunge? You guys Us remember when too. things took time? <laughs> you guys remember pinball machines? Us too. Like it's just <laughs> it's just a whole movie of remember when and then the the actual story is just I feel like I just I am I am I am no less excited about Captain Marvel being in the in an endgame than I was before. I'm actually less excited now that I've actually gotten to know her. Like <laughs> it just yeah, and the and the way I love that they did this was Marvel's apology for not having a female lead in any of their movies for 18 movies or 19 movies, but it was so ham fisted mm. because the whole plot is that she has amnesia and she's trying to figure out like what happened to her and everything. And there's just one scene where she's, she's with somebody that like she, she knew and she's like, I'm just trying to figure out who I am. And then the, her friend goes, you are Carol Danville and you are my best friend and you are sober. And it's like, nobody talks like that. You know, like, can you please, like, I understand you're trying to empower each other or something, uh, but come on. I was, yeah. But also, Danvers neither is here the, nor there. I think Danvers, I think, that's what I meant. Yeah, Danvers. Dan- Danvers is the, the name of Supergirl, too. Kara Danvers. Oh, really? Yeah. And I mean. Word Girl? Word Girl, for instance. Not Word Girl. <laughs> Different than Word Girl? No, pretty much exactly the same. Carbon copy. Okay. Side, monkey sidekick <laughs> and everything. <laughs> um anyway so that's i mean that does suck 
Dune, Dune, excitement level four hundred thousand. Captain Marvel, excitement level twelve. I'm excited for Endgame, and I'm hoping this is like yeah. the primer for Endgame. You know, it's it, like this the, is getting really excited. The the only primer for me was just the mid credits scene. That's the only like I sat mm-hmm. through two hours to get hyped because of a, a less than a minute long mid credit scene, which you could probably just go on YouTube and look up right now and find. Yeah. Um, I would I would say save your money, but if you want to go see it, go see it. Um, Don't let me stop you. So in 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 the spirit of talking about Captain Marvel, for sure. I, um, of course, of course. So whenever whenever um, a movie with a female lead comes out, mm-hmm. um, everyone starts talking about how it's a movie where there's a female lead in it, uh, and uh, yeah, then someone yeah, yeah. someone makes a big deal about people talking about there being a big a big female lead movie. Yep. And um, I don't know if you saw my Twitter thread about this. I did not. You did not because you're on Exodus 90. That's right. Um, yeah. Also, I, I don't follow you, so. <laughs> um, I should have. I should have. <laughs> I should have had this up and ready. But I I'm starting to get tired of this trope on the on on the interwebs, um, uh-huh. where people will get really angry about culture and they get like really galaxy brained about culture right yeah um yeah oh wait oh crap hold on <laughs> am i oh good i'm not blocked okay because <laughs> I, I matt walsh tweeted um one of the stupidest things about modern culture is how we all have to pretend that every action movie with a female lead is a masterpiece now um the funniest response to this tweet is the room is actually a masterpiece but you're right um and then which i thought was was a funny response but um i i think the actual stupidest thing is how every time someone says an action movie with a female lead is a masterpiece, you have to comment on it. I don't think that we have to comment on on all culture. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised that people have agendas. I don't know why we're all we act so surprised that movies yeah. have agendas. Movies have always had agendas from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just mad when you don't really agree with it, and and there's literally nothing wrong with putting an empowering female lead in a movie. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it's wrong no, to make a stupid movie. It's yeah, or a bad movie, or a bad movie. <laughs> but like, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to like make make it all. I don't know. It's. Just, I think I think that I think that Marvel already has some fantastic. Like, if we're just talking about female empowerment, I think that Marvel already has like a ton of really powerful characters. I mean, I think the most powerful Avenger is Scarlet Witch. She holds back mm-hmm. Thanos mm-hmm. while simultaneously destroying an Infinity Stone. That's pretty good. Yeah, right. She's, like she, she's pretty. She's pretty strong. Without um without Suri, uh, Black Panther would be dead. You know, it's like, um, yeah. And she without and she shows up, Bruce Banner, Scarlett Johansson, Tony Stark would have been dead probably ten times. Ten times, ten times over, brought mm-hmm. back to life, died ten times. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I I, I just I think that I think that um, you don't watch The Office, so you wouldn't mm-hmm. get this joke. But there's a there's a part in um, in The Office where where. They, Michael calls a meeting and it's like on feminine empowerment and he's like society tells you that you have to be desk workers I uh, society sucks I don't even consider myself a part of society and um, they're like well you, you're being extremely misogynistic right now and he's like if I'm being misogynistic it's because society made me that way <laughs> and um, I just think that's how we approach our culture is like we consider ourselves completely outside of our culture and we just like point at it and go that's 
bad. And I'm just tired of hearing people talk about things like that. Cause every, every time, every time a, a movie like, Oh, okay, cool. Ocean's eight with a bunch of women. And then yeah. someone, someone Ghost, goes, oh, the feminists. And I'm like, gosh, can we just like, just, just go to the movie, see if it's a good movie. If it's not a good movie, it's, it's fine. If it's a great movie, that's awesome. You know, it doesn't have to be this big, this big thing because you know, honestly, I, I, I don't, I think, I think what's happening is the people who you agenda, whose agenda you don't like, you're doing their job for them. They don't even have to say we're doing this because we want to empower women. You're just you're because we're trying to be like super feminist. You're just saying, you know what I'm trying to say? It's you're 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 doing you're doing viral marketing for them essentially by making a big deal about their movie. You're just advertising for it. It's fine. It's also a way to make money. Like people, I mean, people do this with politics, with Trump, with everything. Is they they just respond to the thing, yeah, and they have a take. But people in sports. Like Stephen A. Smith has made a, an entire career calling cowherd. Like these guys literally just will see like, oh, LeBron James has a bad game. Russell Westbrook has a bad game. James Harden has a bad game. James Harden has a good game. Like it doesn't matter. They will take the opposing point and people will get mad and then watch and then respond and then they make money. Yeah. And whether it doesn't matter whether or not they actually hold those opinions, they they sincerely present them as if they do. And then they are able to have their platform. And so guys like Matt Walsh or whoever, um, maybe he actually believes those things. Um, maybe he just knows his audience yeah. and knows that he can get clicks and engagement and get better ads for his radio show if he starts saying those things every time something comes up. So it's the the taking advantage of people's reactionary nature has just made careers for people. Oh, yeah. And... So we can just, I mean, we can keep, I mean, we have careers because of it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a career. We can keep, we can keep fueling those people's careers because those are the people that are spouting those things off. Or we could just stop paying attention and just like what we choose to like and not like what we choose to like and talk about it with our friends and then move on, you know? Yeah. And also, like, who cares what Disney thinks? Disney doesn't think anything. It's a big, it's amoral. It doesn't, it doesn't have... It's mm-hmm. like if you if, if it if it thinks if it does a a focus group and it finds that most people want like mm-hmm. a, a gay lesbian superhero they're gonna freaking make one because they you know they what? just want to make money. Do you know what Disney thinks? Because that's that's all that they care about is what is the thing that's gonna make me money. I I'm not gonna say that Marvel just made a Captain Marvel movie just because that um, women are. I don't know. Like, I don't want to say that like women are a demographic that they're trying to take advantage of. Um, but well, they're no, not. I think, I think what they're, I think what they're doing is they're, they're doing the, uh, so that the, one of, one of the worst, one of the worst racial sins or, or, or prejudicial sins is actual um, prejudice, like sexism yes. or racism. The second yes. one is tokenism. And they're uh-huh. just doing a thinly veiled, they, they do a thinly veiled tokenism. They try to appease mm-hmm. the group that's, and then they just move on to whatever's making money. Which um, they also did with black Panther. Yeah, and, you know. To, yeah, kind, I mean, kind of. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's it's not like they made a really good movie though. <laughs> they did. That's the I think that's the difference between Captain Marvel and Black Panther. You put those movies side by side, both for on the surface you can you can hear the Matt Walsh's of the world saying like, oh, these are just token films. The difference is, is that you can have a film like Black or Black Panther. I was going to say Black Marvel, Black Panther. That's actually really really good and. Uh, all of a sudden that like doesn't really matter as much, mm-hmm. you know, or even at all, you can actually judge the art based on the fact that it's 
good. Whereas yeah. it's a lot easier for those people to hop in if a movie like Captain Marvel is not that good. Then they can say like, oh, they just shoehorned this in to get a woman lead role movie in before Endgame, which might be what they did. I think I think I Captain know. Marvel is really important. From what I remember, Captain Marvel is really important to the whole Infinity War. I, I believe comics. it because she has no limit to her strength. <laughs> she just she just she she absorbs. Never mind. I'm not going to reveal it. But like she just ha- she punches through an entire starship, and nothing ever stopped her. And it didn't. She wasn't revealed to have any weaknesses in her film. So I imagine that the end game is just going to be two seconds long of her just punching Thanos and that'll be <laughs> it. But it's like, I mean, we're just, we're at this point, we're just trading who can fire energy beams out of their hands the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like what, what, like that's what, what these what, movies what have was, come to. I, I under, I, I don't know if the, if the Captain Marvel film answered this, but from the end, from the end credit scene in infinity war, it seemed as though, um, it seemed as though, oh my gosh, what's his name? Fury clicked it yeah. only because they absolutely last minute needed her. What was she doing? She was in space. Oh, she's in space. Yes. She's looking for her home. Yeah, well, no. Okay. Uh, she kind of goes, she like protected Earth um, from a threat that it wasn't ready for yet. Okay, um, like everything. And like every movie Right, right, right. Okay. So that's, and that's what led Fury to kind of start the avengers right is because she left um because she was going to help other people which is all in the movie so she left to go help other people and she's off and it's not really we don't really know what happens in between 1993 and 2019 um when she is called to come back but i assume it's because she's out in space helping people and fighting against um in the injustices that she fought against in this movie gotcha i'm gonna retroactively put a spoiler warning before all this (laughs) Great. I didn't reveal too much. I didn't. I mean, I think but, I think all you, all you revealed. I might not do it, but all all you revealed was um, that a superhero movie existed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, the the only the only reason that I am I'm going to see this movie is because I have exhausted all other Marvel movies, and I'm very excited to watch this one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it does have redeeming qualities for sure. Like the uh, everything with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, like his pre eye patch Nick Fury days is Classic. very entertaining, very entertaining stuff. He carries the movie for sure. Um, so it's, I think it's worth going to see if like you're a diehard Marvel, Marvel movie fan, mm-hmm. just to go see like pre eye patch Nick Fury for sure. The biggest, the biggest problem with uh, prequel movies, and we saw this in Rogue One, is that if you mm-hmm. if you want to do a really good prequel movie, the unfortunate the unfortunate reality is you have to have a very compelling reason why you have not seen most of these characters up to this point um yeah you gotta retcon a lot of stuff or just kill people exactly like (laughs) like rogue one literally just like oh why have we not seen any of these people in the original trilogy well because they were all killed um which is fair but yeah so i because i mean i'm sure i'm sure there's is maria hill in it uh no no No, she's not actually that's weird yeah um it would have been cool to see her that's what you got i guess Colson was though. Colson? Oh, that oh, yeah. no way. I was probably yeah. a big reveal though. No, I mean, not. I mean, it was in the first couple minutes of the movie. So. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, not a huge deal. Anyway. Do you have a topic? Should, <laughs> I mean, I think I think we should just start talking about the intersection of faith and culture, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cuz that, that's that's what this, that's what this conversation feels like it's going. 
Yeah. Um. So no. I, I made I made <laughs> no, a horrible I made a horrible. I do have mistake. a topic though. Oh, cool. oh go ahead. So no, go. Since since we're bringing up catching foxes, I made a sure. I made a horrible mistake and I stopped listening to catching foxes. Um, really? Which is not 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 completely, but I I just I just hadn't listened to them in a while over the summer because mm-hmm. I was like a big road mm-hmm. trip is coming up and I want to save episodes right and so right. I but I stopped and I haven't I haven't listened really like all last semester because I got super busy. Regardless, um, of course we know <laughs> the point where I stopped listening to now everything every single one of their episodes is about the scandal and so i'm just getting really really depressed all over again (laughs) but i'm like i gotta listen the brand loyalty is so strong how far back are you well i'm so i just listened i listened to a bunch of recent ones and now i'm going all the way back and catching up oh um it was funny i heard i heard gomer reference like a conversation we had in like july and i was like oh gosh that was a really long time ago on today um march 9th 2019 for those who are back cataloging our show <laughs> is, is today march 9th it, it, that's crazy no way wait that's i'm tripping yeah it is march 9th you got that, me tripping stumbling slipping do you know that song i, I do i do <laughs> clumsy by fergie yes i i, 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 I listened to that four every times time i went i went to the skate rank galaxy skateway in melbourne florida <laughs> It was a it was a very skate rank song that and apple bottom jeans. Or... Mm-hmm. I I love who Don't let the, the dogs out. Song, who let the dogs out is my skate party song. <laughs> so By the Baja, I was, man. man, I would go to the DJ and I would request who let the dogs out every <laughs> single time. And he's like, okay, little kid, whatever. <laughs> that was so fun to go to Skate City. Oh man, and it would. Oh, man, I think that ever, song. Maybe it was that song is derogatory. Absolutely, it is to dogs, but. <laughs> focusing on skate parties i would go and i would i would intentionally cut off the girl i liked and try to make her fall <laughs> <laughs> I that's was what advanced. we in the business call boy flirting advanced boy flirting advanced at the boy age flirting of, if you want to hear more about boy flirting go back and listen to patrick nevy prisoner of the friend zone that's true we've talked about boy flirting together though yeah we have we have boy flirted together uh, <laughs> hey who hey who hey who whoa hey now Whoa there. All right. I've got I've got some sauce for you. That's good. I was wondering about so this might sound a little bit mm, I'm already como, excited. Como se dice I thought you were but never mind. <laughs> bad. Oh no. I want to understand what the value of boredom is. Oh man, we are on the same wavelength. Cause so my job, really exciting. I get to do a lot of cool stuff. Today, um, I, I listened to a guy give a testimony. Is a guy who I disciple, and he said, my spiritual life in the past two months being discipled by Ethan has grown more than in the past 20 years of my life, which is wow. insane, That's which like, is insane. That's crazy. Yeah, it's not right? often that God just gives you an attaboy like that. You know what I'm I know. It was like, <laughs> it was like, you know, my son, you need this nice little pat on the butt as you as you walk into the locker room um <laughs> I've never from, that. from god uh but so i obviously like great things are happening and i'm really growing in friendship and i'm really growing in the community here at tulsa but that doesn't change the fact that there are many other parts of my life that are really really boring 
Um, and I find myself getting bored a lot during mass, mm-hmm. um, during my meetings, during like just the typical like, oh, I need to prep Bible study or I need to have a have a conversation with this guy who maybe I'm not discipling and I'm not as close friends with. Like, is that I, I don't want to sound like a 22 year old kid who doesn't know anything about the world. Like, obviously, I understand that boredom is a part of life and yeah. I'm, I'm not entitled at all to excitement at every moment of every day. But I'm wondering, like, what the balance of, like, allowing myself to be bored is and where the line falls between, like, boredom and then laziness. Yeah, because, like, I think when people talk about the value of boredom, they mean don't check your phone in the grocery yeah. line. They yeah. mean, like, live live in the mundaneness of life. But I don't mm-hmm. think they mean it's okay to be bored in mass. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's dryness in mass, mm-hmm. but I mean, that usually comes, there's usually a reason for that, right? Like mm-hmm. you're just, mm-hmm. you're blocking something. God's mm-hmm. trying to teach you something. Oh my gosh. There was a, there was a, uh, there was a clerically speaking episode about, about um, dryness in prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know exactly. But I think there's a difference between dryness and boredom. Okay. All right. Because I don't feel dry in other parts of my prayer. Like it's mm-hmm. not affecting – it's just my – it's just sometimes my mass experience. I am I feel like an imposter. Like I'm there and I'm praying. But I'm, the problem is is that when you get so saturated in every all this stuff, it can get to be like – when you hear the same Eucharistic prayer every single day, it's beautiful, right? And it's true. And it's handed down through the tradition. And it's, it's the thing that brings me Jesus. So like, obviously I love it and I go every day because I love it. But when you, when you hear the same Eucharistic prayer every day, when you start hearing the same reflections on the same readings, when you start leading Bible studies and you start hearing other people's reflections on Bible studies, it all just kind of, it gets, um, gets repetitive Hmm. and so this is i think this is a different feeling than the 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 feeling like my life was on a treadmill like a month ago this is like a i'm through that and that's good but now i'm like should i be bored is that like something that's wrong with me like do i need to be taking more of an effort because i'm i feel like i'm i'm doing a good job of presenting myself and so i'm trying to figure out what the what the value of spiritual boredom is and how I can utilize that to just to flip the switch. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Yes. Okay. Hmm. So you come to me in your time of need asking me a question that I have an answer for. Oh, great. <laughs> so, it, it see like so what is what is acedia? It is the inability to desire the good, what we would call sloth. It's not mm. necessarily just laziness per se. It is it is something it is something greater, right? Yeah. Laziness is a part of acedia. It's 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 not desiring the good, but um I think acedia, laziness is like, I'd rather do X. I'd rather lay on the couch and watch Netflix than pray or go to school or whatever. 
Um, but acedia means just being presented with the good, having literally no other options and still not desiring it. Ooh, maybe I yeah. have that. So, but is it is it acedia? If I'm not intentionally choosing it, it's just kind of there. Well, like I don't go in, I don't go into mass and say like, all right, I'm ready for another mass where I'm gonna be bored. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, acedia. So the seven deadly sins. Are not, I have one of them. They're not. <laughs> help me get out of it. They're Am not, I mortal? Am I in a state sins, of sin? Um, they're not like they're. They're sins if you indulge them. Yeah. There's they're they're okay. they're still um, they're habits, right? So like yeah, you you grow in a, in a in a in a habit of greed, right? You you have a tendency and impulse towards greed or lust or envy mm. or, or or wrath or whatever. But um, the fact that you have the impulse towards acedia does not necessarily mean that you are sinning in that moment. Now, right, you, do, all right, all right. you do have the option to check out. Or what do you do when faced with, um, when faced with sin? What do you do when faced with the temptation to sin? I usually give in. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> um, Oh not, my God. Usually, probably <laughs> not about usually, probably about 40. But like, that's just a lot of the time. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess the way the, I, I should have asked the question: What are you supposed to do when faced with sin? Ah, <laughs> that's a different question okay. entirely. <laughs> that is a different question. You were trying to trick me. I was into saying that I'm a sinful guy, and it worked. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to. You're supposed to say no and choose the great. Is that is that good. what you're supposed to do? You're you're supposed to do something. Um. Yes. It's all. It's all me. It's all what I do. <laughs> so now you see the double tricking isn't my question. You are double speaking me, and I don't like it. Double speak. What's that from? Double speak. Nineteen eighty four. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. I was like, I know it's from a book, but yeah. So what what we're supposed to do when faced with temptation, when we're faced with sin is just go directly to Christ. Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from the hands. <laughs> just the, the, the vine. All right. Um, I, I, so, what, so what you're telling me is when I encounter sin, I got to ghost ride the whip. Holy yeah. ghost ride the whip. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that joke. <laughs> oh, man. I had another joke like that earlier this week that I thought was so funny. What was it? So funny. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the fact that Jesus um, at every stage of his life was as, as good as he could be at, at everything. Right. So as at like, for example, we were talking about like basketball as an example. So at six years old, he was as good at he as he could ever be at basketball at the age of six mm -hmm. um he'd be the best in the world at six years old um so the like we we're trying to figure out like what is the nature we we're talking about like the nature of christ and the nature of his perfection and we were like yeah he'd be he would destroy kobe in a one-on-one -on -one. and i'm like yeah i was like for a second because initially my brain was like woody but as you talk about it you unpack it you're like that makes a lot of sense um, the only imperfections he had were those that were necessary for his mission, namely the ones that allowed him to bleed and die. Right. And so I ended up saying, um, 
Jesus isn't the lamb. He's the goat. As in, like, because people call Kobe, Kobe the goat. That's really good. I know it. It it gave me a good chuckle. This is this is this is somewhat related. Okay. Um. So I I watched this Life Teen video, and it was like from a while ago, and it was um, the premise is this kid, he prays the Come Holy Spirit prayer, Mm -hmm. and this like jacked football player Mm -hmm. comes up to him in like a white T-shirt and like puts his hand on his shoulder, and he's like. My name's Dove. And I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, who who thought of this? <laughs> Life, Life Teen, what are you doing? It was so... It's not, it's not the 90s anymore. It was so funny, though. It was really funny. It was like a classic, like, um, it, the the uh, the video opened with, like, him talking. He's like, that's my best friend, Matt. And Or no, no, sorry. It, it's just him and a guy talking. And then the guy all of a sudden just like throws a punch and right before the fist hits it stops and goes yep that's me about to get punched by my best friend i was like yes yes you're probably wondering how i ended up you're probably wondering how i ended up here it all started at youth group oh my gosh oh but it was so good yes anyway so i have to i have to holy ghost ride the whip and Man, I had a great point, but I lost myself in that Kobe joke. Um, we, so I don't think that I necessarily indulge in it, but I also don't think that I I let Jesus take the wheel either. You know, mm. so it's you kind mm, of white knuckle it. I kind of yeah, I'm like, oh man, I just have to pay attention. You know, I just have to, I just have to be more into the mass. You know, I have to be more into this homily right now. That's the third. That's the third option. That the one that is also bad. Mm-hmm. which is definitely not good. And this, this brings to, to light, like, okay, so Ethan, this is your problem or X, Y, Z, whoever's listening to this, this is your problem of, I struggle with this habitual sort of, it, maybe it's not like a habitual sin that you can really nail down and define. Like I do X every time I do Y, which it, which is a sin. Like it's something, it's more of like a sinful mindset. It's concupiscence. Um, it's concupiscence. It's simple yeah. in the fact that it's um, it's not leading us towards God. It's not leading us towards union with God. It's leading us towards ourselves and fulfilling our own desires. Okay, it's not sinful, right? Concupiscence is sinful. A compulsion towards something is not sinful. It's the result of sin. It's the result. It's yeah. the result of habitual sin. Yeah. But it's it's um, a, a your 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 orient your heart's oriented towards something that's not good, and mm-hmm. but you continuing to with the power of the Holy Spirit, not choose that thing is even, even if you, even if you desire something, it's not sin. We're not a bunch of Abelardians. Okay. Who Abelard was a medieval philosopher who believed that just the act of desiring something was as bad as doing that thing. I gathered um, that, but thank you okay. for explaining. So <laughs> it's, Hey, this is, this is an educational podcast. Okay. This is, is it? It is. This is the PBS kids of podcasts. We are the cyber chase of podcasts. Do you remember the cyber chase in between the episode? They would have like a live action person teaching you about like bowling i would i loved that i know she was there was a girl and a guy and they were great the girl i think the girl's name was bianca bianca would always she would always end up in commercials later anyway we've talked what, about this was before. was was digit played by gilbert gottfried or a guy who had a spot on oh gilbert oh impression? my gosh was digit played by gilbert gottfried i don't I am, think so <laughs> i can hear his voice in my brain right now hold on <laughs> 
Cyber Chase cast. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried was Digit. Yes! <laughs> I knew it. Deep down in my heart, no, I knew it. No way. <laughs> no way. What? Oh my god. Oh, uh, can you throw in like a maybe like a vocal clip of Gilbert Gottfried as Digit in this podcast? Yeah, I just gotta do it. Tracks leading from the smoldering Grim Reaper. But that won't stop me. I'll rescue my pals, for my name is Digit the Wonder Boy. Behind the scenes of Cyber Chase with Gilbert Gottfried, PBS.org. <laughs> Click, save, add to watch later. Oh, man. Wow. I loved Cyber Chase, dude. I did too, man. Now you just brought it all, you brought it all here. Um, so what I'm saying, yes, it's concupiscence for sure. And yeah, that's what I was trying to say. And you said it better than I said it. Um, but the, the way to conquer. I didn't get it for nothing. I yeah, to use it on this podcast that we make very little money on. Um, the the <laughs> way to conquer the, crash. the way to conquer concupiscence. I, I went to a pre Lenten mission um, that was three nights at our Newman Center. That was actually so good. Um, and he talked about conquering um, sin and forming good habits. Um, he's like, this is, if you, if you're not talking about the spiritual life in terms of virtues and vices, then you are not talking about the spiritual life. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's really good. So we talked a lot about, um, like this, this is what a virtue is. This is what a vice is. How can we practically grow in virtues and vices? And he was, he talked a lot about the practical examine or not the practical particular examine, um, of choosing one thing, maybe the littlest thing. And doing, you know how like Dave Ramsey has his snowball method where you have, you list out all of your debts from biggest to smallest and you start working on the smallest one. Are you on so the Dave when, Ramsey kick now? I know, but he t- used it as an example in the talk. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, where you take out, maybe you have a small debt to your friend of 25 bucks. You take that out first and then you have an extra $25 to work towards the next smallest debt, which might be a hundred dollars. Um, yeah. So the whole idea is conquering these really small vices that we have. For me, it's I've the one I've been working on this week with a lot of success actually is uh, getting up on time, right? Getting up on the first alarm. Mm. So every day when I get up, I get up on the first alarm. I pray. I say thank you, Lord, for um, helping me get up on that first alarm uh, throughout this day. Give me the strength to live the day as you intend, you know. And then Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Like that's my particular examine. And then later at like noontime or sometime in the afternoon, I pray and I think, okay. Lord, I've been able to do this, this, and this because I got up today. Thank you for giving me those graces. Or maybe, Lord, I did not use the day as well as I could after getting up. Help me to do better again tomorrow. Um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. And then at nighttime, I say, Lord, give me restful sleep so that I can get up tomorrow morning um, on that first alarm. Uh, you know, And I ask my guardian angel to cast out any and all demons that might be uh, in the room get, trying to get me back into my bed. Um, I ask Mary to pray for me, and then I thank Jesus for the day. And then Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then I go to bed, right? And so what you're doing is you're effectively attacking one vice or trying to build one virtue three times a day, and you're putting your full weight towards it, and you're doing it strategically so that then you can grow and step by step, right? So first, so we get, let's say maybe I do two weeks of this, 
and I get the habit down of getting up on the first alarm. And then it's like, okay, we've conquered that. Now let's try, you know, eating healthier. <laughs> so I'm going to eat fruits and vegetables at least every day at lunch, you know, and then work really hard on, you know, in the morning, help me to eat fruits and vegetables at lunchtime. Am I eating fruits and vegetables at night? Did I eat fruits and vegetables next day? Same thing. Like, and by doing that, we are building really, really good habits. We are getting rid of all of our bad habits, chipping away slowly and slowly. And in, in a year, if you do that, if you pick you know, four or five virtues and vices that you want to work on and you kind of have a strategic plan in mind, like this is going to lead to this, which is going to, it's like a combo in Super Smash Brothers Melee. It's like, I'm going to do this. It's a wombo combo. And in, you will see a legitimate progress instead of just saying, I'm going to work on chastity. I'm going to work on discipline. Like, yeah, and you have that's, these, these broad ideals right. without any concrete. Value. Right. So bringing it all back, I want to work on this acedia thing mm-hmm. um, by picking what – I don't know what it is. I need to pray about it. But like picking one thing and saying like this is what I'm going to focus on to help me in this. And I just think that it, that framework of – it's just it's so simple and it makes so much sense. But it's like why did nobody ever tell me about this before? Who kn- <laughs> why, where, did, where was – where did – what what were the, all the priests doing before when I was young, when I was 22 years before this, because you know, we, we, we really have never had any idea of how to form children of the faith. Anyway, um, our, our, <laughs> we're at the Baltimore catechism. I found yeah. one. I found one at a bookstore today. The, yeah. The illustrated Baltimore catechism. This tastes it, terrible Lord, but I'll eat it, but for, I'll eat you. it for you. Literally. I think the children's Baltimore catechism was a lesson on how to be a good little kid. There was, oh, absolutely. there was rarely, there it was, it was all like, it was all like, mom, would you like me to go to the store for you before I play with my friends? And I'm like, this feels like not the, like the fullness of like day. a committee of moms wrote the Baltimore catechism. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I like what you're saying, but. Oh no. I think, I think, I think you hit on this, but I want to highlight these things. Okay. Cause I'm, Please I, I worry that when we take. Um, sit, I, I when we take like self help approaches to our faith, right? So like mm, the, the Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey thing is a very yeah, yeah, self helpy yeah. sort of. I I classify that like What's Stephen it? Covey, all in the same category. Right. But the thought is, you. I mean, I don't want you to misunderstand me. The thought is that you. I'm about you to qualify. Have... What you said I'm about to re understand you. Oh, okay. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay, good. So I I think I think that um what I said about white knuckling earlier still holds. If if we approach this from a, I will find the three things that I need to do and then I will do them and then I will become virtuous. It's very like you, you said, you said earlier, um, you're working on getting out of, getting out of bed. So you pray for the grace to do it. You ask your guardian angel to do it. And you're aware of the forces trying to get you to not do it. Right. That's a very spiritual approach to growing in virtue. And then you also said, I don't know what I need to do to battle this acedia thing yet. I'm going to pray about it. I want to highlight those things because that's what I'm going to go do. Cause I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what, I need to do to battle my vices. So I need to go pray about them. One, the, the only things that I do are the things that I like to do. Right. So in order to battle my, my desire, in order to battle my laziness, right. In order to battle my acedia, I just like nuclear bombed my phone and like took everything off. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even have a web browser on there anymore. <laughs> you got rid of Safari. Yeah. I deleted it. And Google. Chrome. How'd you do that? You can do it. I've been trying to delete Safari for years. You can do it. Oh, um, because what would happen was I would delete Twitter off my phone and then I just go on it through the web browser. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, and I deleted Netflix and I deleted everything. And so my phone is basically just a brick that calls, that calls people and, and texts 
you for the showtime. Um, hey. That's a, um, but yeah, like that, that's something that I like I wanted to do. And I, I realized that it actually doesn't cure my vice on its own. It doesn't stop me from being slothful. Right. Cause I still just kind of sit and I find something to do to waste my time. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, it doesn't help. It, those things alone don't help me desire the good. Right. So my Lenten penances on their own don't help me desire the good. God does. Yes. Yeah. Big yeah. The, the, the whole point is the, the example of the, of the money is you have more money to then attack the next debt. Right. The yeah, whole point more is strength. comparing, you have more virtue to attack the next vice. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's what it, the, the only framework in which we can view it is if we're just kind of floundering about being like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to, you know, really kind of dive in to the church and her teachings. It's like, okay, but how and why? Oh, I remember the other thing. Tell me the other thing. Um, we can't do that without the sacrament of confession. Absolutely. So we are really bad mm-hmm. at confession. Oh, okay. And here's the <laughs> here's the problem. Priests, mm-hmm. they, I think they, they they're in a tough spot. They can't really tell us that. You know, because they can't give examples, right? They can't give, yeah. they can't really give concrete examples of, of how people suck at confession. And also, mm-hmm. it's just weird to just bring up, also, they can't correct people in the confessional because it's a really delicate situation, mm-hmm. right? Because the person's very like vulnerable, very vulnerable time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think that I, 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 on behalf of my, of my, of my priest, of my, of my, my priest boys, right? It's uh-huh. like, we need to start confessing better. We need to not treat every confession like a general confession. Okay, so there's a difference between a, ra- a regular confession and a general confession. A general confession is a confession when you have not been to confession in a very long time and you are separated from the church and you're coming back. Okay, a regular confession is when you go like every two weeks and you do not need to confess every sin or even every vice. I've said this on the podcast before. Your venial sins work like this. If you confess one venial sin, and you have no mortal sins on your soul. All of your venial sins are forgiven. All of them. Except for the ones you're not sorry for. That's how venial sin works. Um, yeah. You're also, you're also forgiven of venial sin every time you go to Mass. Every, every time, time you receive the Eucharist. Every time you use holy water. Every time you make an act towards God. An act of charity. Every time you're sorry yeah. for sin. It, it's forg- but, but the thing about confession is it gives you the grace to overcome those, those vices. That's why you go to confession and confess your sins. So because you're not just going to be forgiven, you're going to be given sacramental grace to overcome those vices later. So if you want to laser focus on vices, then you use the sacramental power to really focus on um, on one specific vice. For instance, I for, for three weeks in confession, I confessed sins related to judging other people, right? And so that's something that I've, I've focused on intensely, and I realized there was a and what was interesting was over the course of those last few confessions, my priests, even though they were all separate, they were all, it was all different priests. They all said something very similar and they gave me very similar penances and similar things to read. And I, and it, it was, it was cool because in focusing on that specific thing I wanted to change, God was able to speak to me through those priests and say, this is what I need you to meditate on. And it's been awesome. So do it. <laughs> That's good. I love yeah. that. 
Me too. I was a big fan. This is this was like not intended to be like a Lenten kickoff podcast, but it kind of became one, and yeah. I think that's okay. Um, I <laughs> particularly I because to... we're. I mean, it's it's our thing. We can do what we, it's it, our podcast. We can do what we want. It is. It's my podcast. We can do what we want to. Um, <laughs> I need to go pray. I haven't prayed today. Okay. I led a retreat all day, but I didn't have time to pray. So uh, I'm going to go do that, and then I'm going to get some dinner, and then I'm going to go to bed for the rest of my life. Okay. Oh, so we're done? I think – I mean, we've been going for like an hour, haven't we? Yes, we've been going for one hour, um, but we started like 10 minutes into this hour. Oh, well, yeah. I, I – well, I need to be done. Okay. I Because I, I need to pray. And this is this was good, but I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I always feel like I'm the one cutting off our podcasts. You're also always the of... one coming up with topics, so I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can I would like a a deep dive for somebody who wants to go back in all of our episodes and kind of do like a topic generator comparison chart, mm-hmm. and then and then <laughs> we will we will see who wins that battle. So uh, I always have stuff to talk about. It's my job. It's my job to talk to people. So. Anyway, um, keep uh, if you want to see what I was about to say, if you want to see this cool drawing that one of our Patreon supporters sent us, or I don't know if she's a Patreon supporter, but she supports me on my mission. So uh, join us on patreon.com slash the crunch. You get to see all these cool things, especially this picture that makes me like I'm a hungover drug dealer. And it makes <laughs> Patrick look like he's way smarter than he is. Wait, um, so thank you. Very so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Victoria, for the for the nice gift. Uh, she sent me uh, a drawing of us, some books, a bag of Captain Crunch. I, I think I think the whole hungover drug gum. dealer thing says less about her drawing skills than it says everything about you, Ethan. Because I think she got you head on. She nailed you. I, okay, well, <laughs> I will I will let the I will let the people of patreoncom slash crunch decide that. patreoncom slash crunch. Also, uh. Hey, you and uh, you and Teresa should come to Tulsa. We should do a live show. We should. We should. That should definitely happen. I, I texted Teresa that because Brianna, my teammate, always talks about uh, Teresa um, because of the Native American birthday story. Mm-hmm. And, and I texted Teresa said, hey, my teammate really wants to meet you. You should come. And she said, that'd be really fun. And so I was thinking, like, maybe we do a live podcast down here in Tulsa. We've got the money Think for about it, in it. The, in the in the Patreon account. My have paycheck the accidentally went to my page to the to the Patreon money account, and I was like, "Holy crap! Why do we have that much?" Money? I was like, "Oh wait, wait, never mind, never mind, never mind." <laughs> like, no, you made that much, Pat. It no, it's not. That's the point. Oh. <laughs> we don't make a lot from Patreon. I don't make a lot as a youth minister. It's fine. Yeah, um, like, oh man, I have. We've got a we went from fifty to a hundred dollars. You know what? You know what? Awesome. you know. You know what? You know what? I do make enough as a youth minister. I don't want to. I don't want to perpetuate that stereotype. Father Anthony was about to. I can. I. I. Make some calls. I live frugally. I'll, I'm also a single person living in a very low rent area, so I'm good. <laughs> I just eat a lot. That's my problem. Attaboy. Isn't it for all of us? Uh, okay. This has been good. Thank you. I'm glad that we were able to we were able to talk today. You want to tell the people that. where they can find us? I think the people can find us on uh, anywhere podcasts are found. If you found us and you're smart enough to get there, <laughs> uh, well done. Um, we're, I want us twitter.com slash Catholic Pat. Uh, you can find me, you can follow me on Twitter. Sometimes I tweet, um, at Propostle. 
I, I can't think of another place to, to find, to get good access to, to me and my stuff. But you, you pretty regularly tweet, so that's a good a good way to find things. Um, yeah. Com slash the crunch. That's it. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Don't walk with any rhythm, or you may attract the worms. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you next week. Love that. That was really good.